Welcome to Amplified. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Hello, good morning, happy Monday, heading into fall and colder weather here in the D.C. area. I just got back from an amazing event. I, I don't know if you guys are wearing your USA version, but I love the shirts you guys were wearing at the conference. I had to bring the MIC right to Vegas here to the show. What an amazing event that was. What did you think of it, buddy? You know, the incredible people and also the heartfelt messages from the veterans always makes the MIC an incredible event. Plus, we get to meet people from all over the place who uh, who have unique stories. So I loved it. How about you, Randy? Boom, boom. I'm sorry. Oh, by the way, before I go any further, it is Randy Blake. It is Randy Blake. His name is so cool. I am taking on his name. I am now Ken Blake. All right, Ken Blake. At least at least through the hour, you can call me Ken Blake. Um Randy, as you're going to hear, because I'm going to do his bio pretty soon, um, he goes by Boom Boom. And I could not think of a better show combo, Buddy and Boom Boom. I mean, come on. I mean, this is made for TV. <laughs> that, is, that is the real one-two punch right there. It doesn't get any better. <laughs> so we, we, I wanted to do the formalities of the bio, but uh, what was your reaction to the, to the MIC 23? Oh, you know, I, I, I didn't know what to expect, but... Mm -hmm. Amazing times being around all the veterans, you know, sharing stories and just, you know, getting a good feel for the atmosphere. I met you and then, you know, Buddy is my my, my fellow brother. Uh, we had a great time, met some people, got a chance to network and it's a great time in Vegas. Well, we had, uh, we had all kinds of uh, experiences meeting authors from our table because Robert W. Jones, who I'll just show one of his three books, but he has many more, but... I'm going to be apparently in the new one, and I gave out all my veteran books, the Keep Smiling Veteran books, so you two, as well as Robert and Daniel, are going to be in the next one. Um, you know, I wouldn't have met you if it wasn't for Daniel Faust. Daniel Faust was the one who allowed me the privilege of writing the forward to No Veteran Left Behind, which we'll show that book. I don't know if I have it handy right now. So we'll show that book because this is definitely uh, an experience that had that book not happen. The event doesn't happen. If Daniel Foss didn't introduce me to Cortez, and uh, pardon me, what what is Cortez's name? Last name? Do you know it? No. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you uh, once I figure it out. <laughs> All right. So Cortez is the visionary who came up with the MIC 23, and what an amazing event! I was so impressed with how big the event was, how polished it was. USA was one of the uh, the people that were actually a big sponsor at the event. And so without further ado, you're going to get to meet Buddy and Randy Boom Boom. So I'll go ahead and uh, bring Buddy in, and I'll introduce you for the second half, Randy. All right. Sure. So Buddy Thornton is a Vietnam-era veteran who served as a hospital corpsman in the U.S. Navy, 1972 to 76. He earned his B.S. in allied health sciences and uh, was certified in medical uh, mediation and paralegal studies from Lakewood College. I'll skip along because there's this bio is pretty long here, buddy. You're going to be able to expand it too. So Buddy owns BCT Mediation Plus, where he mediates conflict in many environments and is the co-owner and course creator of Life and Legacy Academy. Buddy is also CEO of Amarin Nation, 
a native-owned company serving indigenous tribes across the United States and Canada. But he has a creative mind behind the Slippery Slope, which I have two of the editions, and uh, most notably book three, The Optimal Journey to Oneself, Teen and Young Adult Edition, and book four, The Optimal Journey to Oneself, Parent, Teacher, Caregiver Edition. Um, Buddy Brands as the Positive Social Change Agent Pro and received a Taking Center Stage Writer's Journey Educational Writer's Award in 2022. Finally, Buddy is an active member of the iNetrepreneur Network, editing the AOC, which is the Art of Connections compilation series I showed you earlier. And uh, anything I may have left out, we'll certainly cover in his journey because uh, Buddy really blew me away at the event. Uh, we met a whopping five, six days ago, right, Buddy? Yes, five days ago, uh, you know, when I came to the event, I, I, I love going to those types of events because you do get to meet some amazing people. But, uh, Ken, I must admit, uh, you're one of the most dynamic people I, I've ever met. And I rarely meet people who have more energy than I do when it comes to uh, being exuberant and passionate about what we do. And, and you just, I mean, you created that mirror effect for me. So it was really fascinating. Yeah, the, the more we talked, the more I was like, did we get separated at birth cerebrally <laughs> and spiritually, actually? You know, uh, Robert W. Jones, I got to give mad props to him because he has the engineer and entrepreneurial mind that causes an opportunity like MIC 23 to actually have a table where he collaborates and allows his clients, his partners and his future partners to be able to actually co-mingle and show up and actually support each other. So I love the group shot that you guys were all acting crazy in. And I, I loved hanging with you guys at that really inexpensive steak place that we got to go to. Nothing <laughs> like sarcasm, Ken. I love the sarcasm. <laughs> Yeah, we all were able to pound down a 24-ounce $100 steak, which uh, is, I, I have to say, that's got to be, that's, gotta, that's a new record for me. I don't know if I've ever paid $100 for a steak before. <laughs> but, buddy, you eat cow all the time, so this is just another day for you. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> well, one of the reasons that you are here, buddy, and is because you allowed me back on the reservation. So I just want to say thank you for allowing me back on the reservation, because without that, I don't know if this is possible. Well, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, sometimes people have to take a long walk to get their head back straight on. And uh, and if you don't let them back on the reservation, you can't recheck their head and make sure they're okay. So, you know, I, I put you on that tether and then I pulled the tether back a little bit. And here you came wandering back and, and it's all great. Yeah. Well, I thought I was going to have to go uh, talk to someone about a horse. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, buddy, you have so many great stories. Uh, you know, you you really would be an hour, two hours, three hours of enjoyment. So we're going to have you back. And boom, boom, this is just really a re-encapsulation of a friendship and experience and really just a, a new vision of what we can do together. So I wanted you guys on. Uh, the, the, when I had that steak dinner with you guys, I, the back of my mind was like, if there's a way I can get them on the show, and boom, boom, here we are. <laughs> oh, I like it. So, um, Buddy, the first part of the show is really about how did how did Buddy become Buddy? I mean, it, it's not like a, a silver spoon type of situation. You have uh, parents, you have influencers, you have experiences, you have failures. So, uh, if you'd be so kind as to share, by the way, over here in the East Coast is 11-11, 1-1-1-1, pretty cool. Wow. So, uh, you 
tell the audience where you were born, what your childhood was like, and most importantly, what was the defining moment that caused you to be who you are today? Well, I grew up in the panhandle of Texas, and I was born in the 50s, so uh, I'm going to be 70 shortly, and I had, you know, typical prototypical parents with one exception. My mother worked a full-time job, which was very, very odd in those days, and my dad was uh, working six days a week. He was in retail, and it was a brutal existence. Uh, you know, I spent a lot more time with my mother than my dad. My mother taught me how to shoot. She taught me how to read. Uh, she was actually instrumental in me being where I am today because she insisted very early on that I learned to read extremely well. So by the time I was in my uh, uh, approaching middle school years, I was reading about 1,300 words a minute. And 1,300 words a minute with high comprehension meant that, well, sometimes I could be a little bit of a lazy student and I could still get by. Well, and let me I, cut in. Let me cut in, buddy. Sure. Uh, 1,300 words a minute, so we can kind of get a barometer here. Uh, what is the average reading speed? The average reading speed is between 300 and 350 a minute. Yeah. Uh, if you can consume a, a one page of uh, written text a minute in an average book, that's about the average for a human being, and I can consume between four and five. Well, a lot of people on my side of the reservation are very proud of me because I'm almost approaching the 100 words a minute, so I'm very excited about that three-digit piece. <laughs> Okay. Uh, so my parents, though, you know, they were also one other prototypical. They were, uh, you know, just barely middle class. Um, my dad had to work very hard for a very low salary. And they informed me very early on I, they were not going to pay for college. So back in the day, uh, if you joined the military, the GI Bill was your only path forward. I wasn't a very uh, big athlete as a teenager. So I left school at the age of 17, joined the Navy and I think the rest became kind of history. I got my GED. I met my wife. She was a USO entertainer. She picked me out of 50,000 guys. So God blessed me that way. And we've been married almost 50 years. And, you know, we had some kids. I got out of the Navy. I went straight to college. And uh, then I discovered I had a little bit of a skill. I became a professional bowler for 27 years. Uh, and that was, you know, uh, really an eye opener, too, because I got to meet a lot of incredible people, mix and mingle and rub elbows with incredible athletes from all different sports. But when I retired. Well, I hold on, hold on, buddy. You're, you're, glazing over, you're glazing over a couple of important points. So, first of all, oh, 27, okay. 27 years bowling, that's that's not a small feat. I don't, I don't know what the average career is for professional bowling, but that sounds like it's exceptional. Number two. I know that you have more rings than fingers, and so they had to put diamonds all around the ring, right? Yes. Yeah. And, I, well, there's one more point I want to make. Um, you're you're a humble person. You're shooting out some factoids, but what was it that gave you that light that you were like, "Wow, I got to try bowling," or "Man, I'm pretty good at this." Did you have a skill that you learned as a kid that caused you to be a better bowler? Actually, I, I played baseball as a as a child, and I really loved baseball. But my dad. He was one of those uh, Texans who said, look, son, if you don't play football, you ain't playing nothing. So I had to play football. And in my freshman year of uh, high school, uh, I got hit and broke my right shoulder. So that ended anything overhand. So I couldn't play baseball. But that didn't stop me from being uh, underhand. And what did your dad college, say? What did your dad say when you when it, you had a broken? Was it a broken shoulder, you said? Yes, broken shoulder, and he was like, boy, you know, you gave it all you could. I mean, you know, them's the breaks. And uh, he was kind of a prototypical cowboy. Uh, we lived 
half in the t- city and half on a ranch and we had cattle and we had chickens and all kinds of stuff. So yeah, it, it was a, a normal childhood for North Texas. And so I took up racquetball in college. I was also played water polo and uh, racquetball led me to bowling. Uh, I was uh, very, very good at racquetball and uh, had a lot of power. And so uh, I leveraged that. And as I started getting more and more into the bowling, I uh, had a coach in college who was extremely good. Uh, and she was actually a woman on, on the, uh, the Professional Women's Bowlers Association. And she nurtured me up to uh, levels where I was able to compete immediately. And so I jumped in. And then uh, I would say I was more a journeyman than I was a superstar in the bowling world. But I had a lot of longevity because I was able to bowl in the events I wanted to bowl in. But I also had a family to raise. So, you know, it was kind of a mixture. But, yes, 27 years. The average tour a player usually is on tour between 12 and 15 years. Yeah, I thought that would be. So your dad uh... – if he hadn't pushed you to play uh, football, would you have become a bowler, racquetball player? Probably not. I probably would have played baseball, and I might not have even joined the the military because I was already getting scouted at the age of fifteen by uh, by pro teams. Uh, the uh, Houston Astros uh, were uh, prominent, and as soon as I broke my shoulder, they just kind of disappeared. You were talking at the uh, steakhouse about um, hitting three hundreds, and you've hit quite a few, but. You just get one spare that really can destroy that 300. <laughs> yeah, if you're, you know, uh, in my career, I bowled over 27,000 games. And so the 300 games, I had 44, 300 games uh, total. Uh, you know, that seems like a tiny amount compared to the total amount of bowling. Um, I guess my better claim to fame for me was I had one year in my career, which was 1996, where I had the entire year, calendar year, where I had never had a game under 200. And that wow. was more impressive to me than any three hundred. That's very cool. So, uh, Buddy, the uh, ferocious editor, writer, reader, um, let's let's break into this because we have uh, times of times of slipping, as the slippery slope says, right? So, okay. you have four of these books at this point, and uh, thank you very much for the gifts of allowing me to have book one and book two, which are the ethics and morals journey. So. Um, we're not going to obviously have time to dig in this very deep, but if you would give the highlight of one, why you chose ethics first, two, morals, and why those are so important to you and the distinction. You know, um, as a businessman, I've had some failing businesses and I've had some successful businesses. I've also run into some people along the way who were uh, less than honest. And I could see just looking at the entire general uh, direction of society that some of the things were missing. So when I decided that I was going to write a series of books, I wanted them to be behavioral books and it, to point society in the right direction. And the number one thing uh, people can't do is they don't really separate ethics and morals. So I wrote about ethics first because people tend to say that ethics and morals are synonymous. But as you and I discussed, Ken, they are not. The ethics book took me quite a while to write, and my committee chair at GCU told me, stop trying to be a perfectionist and just get it out there because that's what people need. Ethics defines us as how we behave with other people and what we expect from other people and how we should interact for the betterment of society. When I got to the morals book, uh, it's an introspective book because morals are how you control your behavior. 
You're not allowed to judge, blame, or shame other people, so you can only control your own behavior. So morals controls you. Ethics controls interaction. And so the two are definitely not synonyms, although they are distant cousins. You know, you, you can't really have one without the other. But in my world, uh, the ethics book, uh, about 75,000 words, takes the average reader probably a couple of months to consume. The morals book is over 105,000 words and takes about three months to consume if you read it, you know, a chapter, a night, or whatever. But it's it's really important. Morals, to me, is the foundation of how we literally can build our own self-esteem, our self-image. And without that, how do we move forward in society? I'd like to add our self-future abundance. Absolutely. You know, my dad, uh, as a military officer in the Signal Corps who fought in Vietnam, and uh, happy Veterans Day, and thank you for your service, buddy. Um, Mission Barbecue over here, we just dropped off a bunch of thank you notes from the scouts to the veterans, and Kenny Kenny won himself uh, 10 baby baby back ribs for uh, doing that gesture. Um, but my dad, when I had made a mistake of uh, – believing that some uh, Reese's candy bar was mine without paying for it and bringing it home. And my dad find out about it, marked me back to the store and I had to apologize. I had to pay for it and I didn't even get the candy bar, of course. And uh, he says, Ken, you need to understand this. There's nothing more valuable than your character. And just to be very clear, you can lose everything. If you have your character, you still have everything. Absolutely. You know, I had a similar situation with my oldest daughter when she was three as a toddler, we were in a store and she picked up some golf tees in one hand and walked out with them. And I actually walked her all the way back to the store and had her give them back to the the area manager and, and apologize for taking them at the age of three. And that impacted her entire envisionment of what life was all about, even though she was only three. Well, I I think the the, the I don't remember if the candy bar was first or the movie theater was First, but one of them, they both happen pretty close together. But when in the when you're in a military post, they give you a ticket, and I, with my smart self, said, "Hey, I can save a dollar next week by using the same ticket and just say I walked outside and come back inside." So my dad again marched me my butt over there, made me pay for the ticket, <laughs> and I got a I got an earful, and it was so embarrassing. But it, the main thing I saw was that my dad was not going to let me grow up to be a person that didn't care about my character because he said the most important thing to me he says. You make a mistake, it's a reflection on me too. He says, I, I have a military career and everyone's going to know that you got in trouble because I raised you wrong. Yeah, no. You know, uh, and, you know, as, as important as books one and two were, they were the foundational books for my entire series. Mm -hmm. uh, books three and four are the books I got my award for in Las Vegas. And they are the optimal journey to oneself. And they what they do is they teach the four pillars, which is my life, my voice, my passion, and choice dynamics, which is how to make proper choices for your entire lifetime. And those are extremely powerful books, international bestsellers. And I believe that any parent would be proud to have their teen work through those four pillars. Well, I have a gift I'm going to be sending you. I'll get the book, uh, the No Veteran Left Behind for second show. So second segment, uh, boom, boom. We're going to just take two minutes to show a couple books that are relative to Buddy. Uh, one is a gentleman, Cowboy Joe. Cowboy Joe Marquis has a book called Cowboy Wisdom, and I'm going to grab a copy of that, but I'm going to send one to you. The question that uh, leads to is, Buddy, have you written your stories? I mean, you were 
telling all kinds of fun jokes and, and fables and stories and wit at the steak table. My, one of my favorites was the, uh, the one about the monkey and the cherry. That was a, that was a real winner. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, I, I'm not one for self-aggrandizement. You know, I, I do believe that you have to live your life. And I believe that when you have joy, you should share that joy abundantly and, and unabashedly. And, and you should be able to have self-deprecation. When you make a mistake or you create an issue, you need to be able to say, hey, look at me. The last two words you want in your tombstone is watch this, right? But at the end of the day, you need to share both the good, the bad, and the ugly because guess what? People trust you more when you do that. That indeed. So uh, why don't you share how the books have changed your life and uh, what, what your vision is for the books, please? My vision for the books is very simple. You know, uh, uh, book five comes out at the end of this month, and it's about uh, the immutable laws of choice, and it just basically breaks down how choice works. I wanted 12 books that would allow people to understand that behavior and relationships are the key to success. Everything else that you do in life, if you can't sustain a, a durable relationship, you are not going to be successful in the long run. You could make a million dollars, but then you can turn around and lose that because you can't sustain a relationship. When the drip goes away, you got nothing to fill your, your sink with. And the other part is I wanted them to be actually a full 12-book foundation for my second series of books, which is actually going to be 12 books all on relationships, 12 different distinct styles of relationships, because my legacy at the end of the day needs to be what I've always taught my children and my grandchildren and now my great-grandchildren that you have to treat people with unconditional positive regard because I've been treated wrong in my lifetime. And I've seen people like Randy, who was black, or even the indigenous tribes I work with, uh, those people have suffered through immeasurable amounts of less than behavior. And so my goal was to leave a legacy that teaches that less than behavior is a shame on the humanity, humanity as a whole. Well, I have so many more questions for you and we're winding down. So I want to give a little, since you got, since you're so close with Randy and you've, uh, in, in my opinion, you've uh, adopted him as a, as a son or a, a younger brother, you, you really have an affinity to him. Why don't you share uh, just briefly how that happened? You know, I went to Las Vegas because I was invited by uh, Jesse Bowen, who is the head of the AAMA to uh, present at his conference. And when I got there, uh, I didn't know I was going to get an award, first of all, and I didn't know I was going to meet incredible people. But when I met Randy, uh, you know, he was there with his uh, wife and uh, his uh, youngest daughter. And when I walked up to him, I, uh, I asked him uh, to tell me a little bit about himself. And he led with, I'm the world's greatest dad. And, you know, when you hear his bio and you understand that there's a lot more depth to Randy, uh, right. It, to me, it was amazing that he had the humility and the force thought to realize that being a proper and fantastic dad is far more important than anything else he could ever do, which meant, wow, he was a kindred spirit. You know, I've been married a long time. I've got kids. I've got grandkids. I've got great grandkids. And I live for family. And Randy proved to me that he lived for family first and foremost. And, you know, I'll let you share his bio and the rest of his story, but it's incredible that he would lead with that instead of what he obviously could have mm. led with. 
Well, you kind of ruined what I was going to do in the second segment, buddy. So thanks a lot. I was going to say this is a picture of Boom Boom holding Doctor Smiley when I was just a baby, but you, you went ahead and ruined that. But uh, this is this is Boom. And uh, for those of you who are catching this, uh, Randy caught it in two seconds. I've changed my name as promised to Doctor Smiley Boom Blake. All right. Now I can't be Boom Boom Blake because there's somebody that would give me the Boom Boom if I do that, right? But a uh, beautiful cover. Now you had a part in this, didn't you? Buddy? No, actually, I'm actually helping him write his second book, and okay. uh, it's a, a journey of love because, frankly, uh, you know, Randy and I are doing some <clears throat> things together, and I wouldn't have it any other way. So it says on the front cover, a true story of perseverance, mental toughness, and overcoming adversity. And I want to applaud you for not having a an untrue story here. That's that's good that you went with a true story. But yeah, there's, there's a lot to this uh, young man and I was so privileged to meet him. And by the way, big kudos because Buddy uh, was, uh, ha had some something to do with the USA shirt you had, right? You're, you're mute, I think. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. So, so Buddy, you, you don't owe me anything, but I will say that I will gladly pay for you to to help me with my wardrobe of the patriotic colors. I, I, I loved the statement you made with the shirt you wore really beautiful. And also, uh, Randy, I just glued in on him because he, he's a, a, a physical positive specimen of American pride. I mean, he had the USA right here and I just couldn't help but say, I want to know more about this man who, cause not everyone was wearing a shirt like yours, Randy. You, I mean, you were wearing a shirt that looked like you were an athlete, a leader, and a force, a person with a force to do good things. So just want to applaud the choice and uh, the connection you guys have made. It really it, it inspired me. And I, and I mean, I made my choice to have dinner with you guys because you're such, you're such an amazing duo. So how do people follow you, reach you, connect with you, learn how to read faster, buddy? So the easiest way to get a hold of me is right there on the screen. Uh, my, uh, my branding is my email, buddypscapro at gmail.com. Um, I was given the uh, branding of Positive Social Change Agent Pro by one of my peers at Grand Canyon University because of my community outreach and my pro-social approach to life, and uh, it just stuck. So I just kept it as my, uh, as my connection. And you can also get my books on Amazon. That's a good place to get them, but you, they can go to your website and get them, right? Yes, uh, we're actually revamping the website, but yes, we can get them on my website, which is also buddypscapro.org. Well, I I would love to help you with these books. I'd like to help market these books. So on the record, live on my show, I'm telling you, these are books that everyone should have. And uh, I'm so proud to have met you, buddy. I, I want to say that uh, the work you're doing, especially with 12 more books, I, I, I can't wait to go on the ride with you in any way, shape, or form. Uh, just gorgeous everything about this book is so and since i just got back i'll be very frank i i normally read books before i have you on but i had to have you on and we're going to do big things and you're going to be back for i you know you need you need to live it to at least 110 to finish these other 24 books no 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 that's not true i uh i wrote the book i wrote the second book which is my longest book i wrote it in 30 days how many days 30 days okay and, uh, you know, that's my target every day is to write between three and 4,000 words a day. And so, uh, you know, I, sometimes I hit the mark depending on client needs. Sometimes I miss the mark, but I never fail to put in at least 1,000 words a day. Well, Kenny did as a 10-year-old, as a he was nine at the time, he did 10,000 words in, in, I think it was 10 or 12 days. 
And that was his first book where he, this one has pictures cause I want to add pictures, but his, uh, the book he wanted to come out is black and white and there's no pictures. He says, daddy, this is going to be my first book. No pictures. I just had this book come out and buddy, I want to, I want to do a book with you. Now this isn't not necessarily the book, but I have to send it to you just so you can know ahead of time that you're going to be in some trouble here. It is the new book. <laughs> okay. I love that. that and it said, and it says right here, human created for humans, AI free. So we, we wrote this thing all by ourselves, the, us little humans over here. So, <laughs> so we're going to break. We'll be back in a couple minutes. I'll bit, I'll get the, uh, no veteran left behind. I'll get the Joe cowboy Joe's wisdom. We'll show them off. And then Randy off to the races. All right. Be right back. Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at theumbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. All right, we had an exciting, fast-paced first segment with Buddy Thornton, and we are about to go to Boom Boom Blake Jr., and I'm excited to, to see how the segue forms. Uh, forgot to say that Perfect Publishing is our sponsor, as well as the Keep Smiling Movement, and to Jeff Spinard in the Sky, thank you for this great platform that allows me to connect with leaders, influencers, and most importantly, people that inspire me. So, uh, Buddy, within within seconds of meeting you, I said, this is a character I want to know more about, and, and as I got to know you better, that was awesome. When I met Boom Boom, he said, I said, if you don't kill me, I'd like to know more about you, and so... <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to read uh, 
your bio real quick. All right. Randy Boom Boom Blake is a martial arts legend with 31 years of experience, boasting the title of five times SK heavyweight world champion, the fifth degree black belt in karate. His dedication to sport has earned him multiple inductions into the martial arts hall of fame in the world of kickboxing. He holds a remarkable record of 52 seven with an impression, an impressive 35 knockouts, having completed his prestigious league, Chuck Norris world combat league K one and glory. Um, one of Randy's proudest moments was being honored with the Presidential Lifetime Achievement Award, recognizing his lifetime of achievement and contribution to society. Driven by a deep desire to make a positive difference in the impact of the world, Randy's skills extend beyond martial arts to include kickboxing, karate, goal setting, motivation, public speaking, and leadership. Join Randy Boom Boom Blake on his remarkable journey to success, motivation, and personal growth, and together you can overcome challenges and reach new heights. So, Welcome to the show, Boom Boom. As you can see, I kept my word. Dr. Smiley, Boom Blake. And there was another Blake there. That's why that all happened. It was Dr. Joseph Blake, right? Yes, Dr. Joe Blake. Yes. Dr. Joe. And uh, I felt like odd man out. So I said, fine, I'll take Blake as a, a last name now. So I dropped, I dropped Roshan for at least t from then on uh, to today. Today, I might have to adopt it back because my son's going to wonder why he has to be called Blake. Well, hopefully it increases your sales and, you know, your marketing and all that too. So, <laughs> well, I just want to be like you, you're a good guy. And, you know, my, most of my biographies start off with dad or, or they finish up the, the most important thing I do is that I'm a, a, a father to a wonderful son. And uh, when I say I've been to all kinds of places in the world, over a hundred places, I say my favorite place to be is back home with my son. So you and I share that sentiment of how important fatherhood is. I wanted to keep my word on a couple things. <clears throat> If it wasn't for this book right here, okay, and these two gentlemen in the back, Robert Jones and Daniel Faust, I would not be on this program with them. And so it's about saying yes to the right choices. And Daniel called me and he said, hey, uh, we're doing a book called No Better and Left Behind. Uh, would you be willing to write the forward? It did not take me very long to say that those people are important, our veterans are important, the message is important. And so I gladly said yes. And then I found out they were doing an event in Vegas. I was supposed to be in Dubai, Randy. I was supposed to go to Dubai and God had other plans for me. Um, it, it became very evident that my son, this event and a couple other things were supposed to happen instead of that. Because it's always interesting when you cancel one thing and another thing happens, that was the thing that you were supposed to make powerful. And so I got to meet you guys and I will say this was worth not having the Dubai trip. This was worth not having the Dubai trip. Me going to see my son get his award for selling the most popcorn was worth it. And so I'm going to give you a chance in just one minute, Randy, to share how you feel about Buddy and what you heard in the, in the previous, because that was during the break. I want you to say it live. But this is the book I'm going to send to you, Buddy. And it is thick. It is a lot of cowboy wisdom. In fact, he's going to write more so that the whole shooting match will be called part one and part two. So you can get half of it. And it's going to be 365. I just opened up this one. Oh, man, this is funny. Horses lend us the wings we lack. Isn't that cool? And so he gives a, he gives a quote, and then he says everything about that, how it impacts his, his life. And, uh, yeah, this is this is – this is such a great book. I was so proud that I met him and that he had trust me. And we had a, um, a decision to make. Which book should we print? I wanted to do a pocketbook, but I didn't know it was going to be this thick. And my partner said, well, if you do a pocketbook, this reading is going to be a little tough for some people. 
And so he recommended we do this size and the prints bigger. All right. And the West wasn't one on salad. It was one on beef. Oh my God. <laughs> that, I opened up that page. <laughs> so um, the thing that's interesting is he fell in love with both sizes. And so people choose. And the thing that's interesting, uh, Boom Boom, is that when you have a book and you have a black and white version and you have a color version, what people do is they're not saying whether they want the book or not. They're saying, which book do they want? And so this is cool that um, we have these choices because you can go to all 12. Right now there's four of them. You can say, ah, I want, I want this one. I want this one. You're starting to choose which ones you want to integrate into your life. So without further ado, Boom Boom, welcome to the show. You heard uh, how much uh, Buddy loves you. And I'm curious what you got out of his part. Just take a minute or two to, to give some love back. Yeah. So, you know, just to kind of segue off of what Buddy said, we, we met about a year ago in Vegas at a martial arts event. I gave my, my spill. He took it in and uh, we, we connected maybe a week or two later. And I started jumping on a bunch of podcasts with him. And it was a specific podcast that we got on and it talked about bullying and suicide. And at that time, I had the few martial arts guys who I grew up watching on TV. I had a couple of fighters who I enjoyed watching fight. They committed suicide. And so I just kind of brought that to attention on that podcast. And I got a beep in my phone and it was Buddy. And he says, we need to work together. We need to, you know, do something about this. And mm -hmm. Here we are today, and we're going to go on the road and, you know, do something about it. You know, suicide and mental health, it's just been kind of one of those things that has been kind of brushed under the rug. You know, I've experienced some things, just be, be a man, don't talk about it, just move on. Um, I experienced it in my, my fight career, I experienced it in my childhood, and, you know, we're going to talk about it and see if we can take those numbers and and bring it down and just talking to buddy is he's helped me out so much in my life he's a he's a guru in my eyes so i've kind of taken him on as a mentor and so i'm like a sponge because i learned that in martial arts like mm -hmm. you can tell me anything if you just give me five minutes of your time i can make it a million bucks and that's what buddy is to me so i appreciate buddy uh for all of his time and efforts and i'm always calling him if i have a question buddy how you do this and he'll, he'll take the time and give me his time and make me a better man so i appreciate you for your time and your efforts and i'm always going to bug you and i look forward to the future i know i know he hears there's no such thing as bugging because he cares about you so we're gonna we're gonna change that word right out of the gate so um same questions for you there's a building of boom boom you had to invest time and you had to uh get some knockdowns to actually get back up and learn what you need to learn to become who you are. Because th there's one thing I'm clear on. If you are someone that won fights, you're tough. And that you had to have some things happen to you that made you tough. Because there's no such thing as doing an, uh, a ring of fights and not getting pain. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and not even just so much the fighting, it's the, 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 phys the physical attributes of the training. Mm-hmm get through the training and what that details the fight's actually easy so let's, let's, so let's back up and talk about where you're born what your childhood was like and what the defining moment was that caused you to be who you are today okay so i grew up in oh, wait wait i forgot i i have adhd so i have to i have to dress them what does that say behind you 
That says rise above. Rise above. Because yeah. we're all going to be trying to do that. Okay, is that an A or is that a B or next? <laughs> so rise above. Okay, this is the man that's going to talk about rise above, starting with his childhood and where he was born. Go ahead. Okay. So I was born in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, OSU, Ohio State University. <laughs> we talked about that. But uh, yeah, so I just grew up as just, just an average kid, super quiet, you know, just going through life, trying to fit in. I never could really fit in. Uh, I, I was always that kid that it was easy to pick on. Um, the kid that would make everyone else feel better about themselves. Just so happened one kid decided he was gonna, you know, take my head every day out outside of school and rake my head up against the fence every single day. Now, I'm such a nice guy, I figured if I let him do it, let him have his way, he'll leave me alone. And he did. Every single day, he'd take my by the head and rake my head up against the fence. One specific day, after he did the the head raking on the fence, he went <sighs> I didn't know what it was. I just said, okay, no big deal. I let him do it. My aunt picked me up from school one day and she looked back and she says, boy, bend your head down. And so I bent my head down and she says, you've got spit in your head. What is going on? Mm. Uh, so that's what that noise was. Um, so from there, she told my mom and my mom went, Ballistic. Oh my gosh, we're going to get this kid. But the parallel to that story is at that same time, I was watching a movie called Bloodsport. For some reason, it would come on, it felt like every day. John Clark and them. Yep. And so I'd be in the room, you know, emulating the, the kicks and the punches and the splits and, you know, reciting some of the, the scenes in the movie that I would see. And that light bulb clicked from my mom. She says, Oh, okay, he just got spit on. He's doing martial arts in the front room and I had my brother as a punching bag. So how do I fix this? Let's not beat a little brother. Let's get him in the martial arts. So that was kind of my turning point with that. I got into martial arts and the cool part about martial arts is it teaches confidence. You, 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 you learn so many different types of principles, you know, courtesy, respect, nominal <clears throat> theory. I can go on and on and on. I had one class and I thought I was John Claude Van Damme. Let me just tell you. <laughs> and that next day, that guy tried to bully me and I don't know what I did, but I was swinging and flailing. I probably had nothing but mosquitoes. But the fact that I did something about it, he left me alone. So, do you, do you remember his name? I don't. Uh, I don't. His first name. So the, the reason I'm curious is I, I have I was bullied, and you know, bullying is actually in a weird way a healthy part of childhood, and that it toughens you up, it, it teaches you to be courageous, it teaches you what's important is you, you can't take anything from people, and so it's not something you want, but it's something that's almost necessary. And I've had a, a guy that actually got seven uh, different degrees in. Um, martial arts, seven different degrees. Um, I'll introduce you to him. He had a stuttering problem. He got made fun of. And mm. his last one he got was a, a degree in uh, the sword, uh, the ninja sword. And okay. he he wrote some, a book, and I think he's still in the making, but Hug a Buddy, uh, hug, a, hug a Bully, Hug a Bully. And it was because 
he went back to the bullies and he found out that they were really in very rough shape. They, they did not have a great life. They, they never really blossomed from this experience of putting down others because that was because they were being put down. So they actually never led a life of love, which is kind of along the lines in one shape or form of what are you doing to actually make yourself proud of yourself? So um, I'd, I'd encourage you to look at that. I mean, it may be an impossibility, but what he did was he forgave the person and they actually, it, it closed a loose end and it caused them to actually have admiration and respect. And he said, the bully said, I, I'm, I'm so sorry what I did. And he was ashamed of himself. And so they, they actually became humans. And so I just, I, I'll just encourage you if there's a possibility you can find out, you may find out that it leads you to a very beautiful story. Absolutely. And you know, mm -hmm. I did forgive him. Um, I, well, back then I didn't, I was angry. It was frustrated. Like, why would, somebody do do that to a guy like me mm -hmm. but where I am today, 36 years old, that was a pivotal moment in my life that had to happen mm -hmm. because had it not happened, I would have gotten into martial arts. Yeah. That's martial it. That's, that was crucial. The spit yeah. was crucial. The spit was, it was crucial. It was very crucial. So, you know, that's why I always make sure and tell people that because sometimes they look at me and they go, Oh, this guy had it all together. Okay. He's his world champion kickboxer and he didn't have any mistakes ever happening and I have to tell people, no, 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 no. Let me take you back to my childhood. This is where it started. This is what led me to the kickboxing. Mm -hmm. So, and that's why I wrote the book to put all that stuff in there. So, uh, t tell us about the, uh, how you learned to be such a great father. Why was that so important to you? Uh, well, COVID, COVID taught me a lot. Uh, so right around when the world shut down and they told us you can't go to work, you can't even go outside, you can't breathe on anybody, all, the, the, the whole spill, I got really, really bored. Um, I watched every Netflix uh, show that you can think of. And I woke up one day and I said, you know what? I'm gonna check out myself. Cause I don't do that. You know, I'm like buddy. That's why we, we click. Cause I'm not really about myself. I'm not self-absorbed. I don't really do the whole self aggrandizement scheme, but I was just curious. So I'm looking at myself. I'm looking at some of the fights I'm looking at some of the articles that was written about me. And I found out a bunch of crazy articles. I mean, I've got five wives. I got 10 husbands and I got a, you know, just, it's just a bunch of crap. A day later, literally the next day, I found out I was going to be a dad during COVID. Wow. Right. So now that was pretty much like the biggest punch I've ever experienced was what do I do now? So I'm asking a bunch of men, what do I do? Okay. Well, what is it? Is it a boy or a girl? So once I found out I was a girl, Every last guy told me, oh, you're done. You're done. <laughs> you're done. Oh, life is over for you. Uh, you're going to suffer because I did. It was a whole, you know, since I suffer, you, you're going to suffer. So I had three guys out of probably 200 men that I've asked. And this is before I, I met Buddy. So had I met Buddy, Buddy would have solved all of it. <laughs> My dad was one of them. Um, and I won't mention the other two, but I had three men who spoke, you know, positivity into my life saying like, you know, do your research. You know, I, I turned out fine. You turned out fine. So why can't you be a good dad? Mm -hmm. So I looked up a book and it was called the expectant father. And it was the ultimate guide for dads to be. 
and that book was the defining moment because it, it has crucial things in there that teaches you how to walk with your spouse, how to walk with your significant other on, okay, this is month one. This is what you're probably experiencing as a man. This is month two or, or, or month one with, with your spouse. And this is what she's experiencing. So it teaches you how to be a better partner and how to be a better dad and how to walk with her every single month. And then when the baby comes out, it teaches you how to change diapers. It teaches you all the things that I would have never been able to do had I not read that book. So that's really my whole scheme on how to become a better dad and how to be the world's greatest dad. Do you, uh, do you have, do you recall the author? Uh, Armin. Uh... We'll put a link for it. So I wrote a book called the 50 book challenge for fatherhood. And oh. it's funny, but I did that already knowing that I wanted to be the best father. And I'm not saying I am, but that's what I wanted. And so right. when you want that and you're, and you're willing to write a book called the 50 book challenge on fatherhood, I, I bought every book. I didn't read every one of them. I read as many as I could. And I felt, okay, I have enough answers, but really it comes down to, are you putting your, your child first? That really is what it is. It's, it's pretty simple. So my uh, mad props to you. If you said exactly what you said and uh, I heard it too, I would embrace you because someone that is uh, loving their kids has their priorities straight. That's their future. So uh, let's talk a little about the book real quick. And we do have about two minutes and we're going to go into a rapid fire, which means both of you are going to get quick questions, quick answers. So um, I'm guessing this book kind of changed your life. Yes. <laughs> so what, what was what was the reason that you had to do the book and, and give a shout out to who helped you? Okay. Uh, yeah. So the reason why I did it was also COVID too, because uh, like I said, once I looked all this stuff up on the internet, I found out I was going to be a dad. But also I said, well, my daughter is eventually going to get access to the internet. She's like everything that's on the internet is there. You can't. And what, what's her nickname? Mini boom. <laughs> she's my, my mini boom. Yeah, she's the mini boom. Right. But so I, I told myself, well, the internet is there, right? So pretty soon she's going to have access to YouTube. She's going to have access to just typing in a little bit about daddy. And I can't ask the internet, can you please take this stuff off the internet? I can't do that. So the next best thing I <clears throat> did my research on was write a book. Because if I write a book, I can tell my story. But most importantly, it's a legacy that I, I can also leave behind. So that was why I, I written the book. So when she's old enough, uh, and you'll see in my book, I wrote a letter to her too. So that letter is very significant. She doesn't understand what that means right now, but that's going to teach her to know her own self-worth. So boom, boom, we are going to have you back, obviously, and you're going to do a second book and we're going to do so many things. But I want to say that we had a connection also because of your first chapter and your quote. Remember that? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So would you like to, you can say the quote, I'd like it in your voice, not mine. He who was not courageous enough to. You see it? Nope. Oh. Okay. Okay. Slide it just a little bit the other opposite way. He, he who was not courageous enough to take risk will accomplish nothing in life. Muhammad Ali. And that is in my, my book, uh, The Leaders and Speaker, uh, Positive Quotes. And he found it and he says, Ken, we have the same quote. So it's important to me too. So we're going to go into rapid fire right now. We'll start with, uh, we'll start with you, Randy. So we're going to go boom, buddy, instead of buddy, boom, right? All right. So right. any, what book changed your life? Just name and, uh, name and author. 
uh, the expectant father or the expectant father, the ultimate guy for dads to be. And buddy, the uh, Peacemaker by Ken Sandy. What is it again? The Peacemaker by All Ken. Right. Cool. And then we're going to go Buddy Boom this time. We're going to go Buddy Boom. I like the way that sounds too, Buddy Boom. So uh, what movie inspires you, buddy? The movie that inspires me the most is, um, well, it's actually a comedy, but it's a, it's a movie uh, by uh, Michael Keaton. And it had Michael Keaton, and it was uh, Mr. Mom. I think that, you know, the journey that he had in that You have movie, real quick questions here. Real quick questions. All right, here we go, Randy. Movie that inspires you. Uh, the movie called 300. Isn't that a great one? All right. All right. Uh, we'll go Randy now. Uh, what? Uh, who's your hero? Well, God's the ultimate hero. Mm-hmm. But if we're, talking, if we're talking superheroes, just, you know, comics, I would say Tony Stark, a.k.a. the Iron Man. Iron Man. And buddy? Uh, my ultimate superhero is going to always be my mom. Okay. And a quote you live by, buddy? Life is messy. I fix messy. Call it. All right. Randy? Uh, the, the Muhammad Ali quote. Okay, Muhammad Ali quote. All right, so it has been a pleasure having you on the show. The show Amplified is about amplifying the life of leaders who inspire hope and create community. Um, this is the beginning of a wonderful friendship. I want to be part of the trio. I know you guys are the Buddy Boom. I get it, all right? But the fact that, I mean, I might even change my name to Buddy Boom. Dr. Smiley, Buddy Boom, Blake. That, that You know what? That's my new name. All right. And then you've got to take me with you everywhere. You're going to say, well, you're going to hear about this guy that is basically barter names. <laughs> so <laughs> I love both of you guys. You guys have been amplified. I, I am so excited about where this is going to take us, this conversation. So let's get busy. Let's write some books. And by the way, buddy, I'm going to try and get up to 101 uh, words per minute. I'm going to do my best. All right. So this is Ken Roshan on Amplified. Oh, by the way, uh, boom. How do we? How do people get a hold of you? How do how do people follow you? Uh, so I've got Instagram, Facebook. Just type in Randy Blake Jr. I've got a website. Go to randyblakejr.com. Email randyblakeboom1 at gmail.com. Man, that's a lot of good ways to connect with you. And we will see you hopefully at an event very soon. If you know people like Buddy and Boom Boom, please introduce them to us because we are going to be including them both in the Dotes of Hope book. And I forgot to mention, Buddy is going to devour this thing and help me make it a better book because there's 12 volumes of this too, Buddy. So we'll see you next week. Stay amplified. Keep smiling. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplify. Be sure to join Ken Rashan again next Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, go get your message heard.